Why am I not coming on? Why am I not coming on? I'm coming to look. Add to the screen. Um, oh, you've got this. Take that off. Hide. There you go. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Trying to figure out why am I not on that screen? Thank God for my wife being here because I have no idea. Happy Wednesday to everybody. I am so glad that you all can join me tonight. Tonight is episode three of what I'm going to try to do a 10-part series of, of using my life as a backboard for uh, everything that I've gone through and then using the scriptures to talk about all that. So, shalom to everybody out there. Cats loving, laughing at me. Thank you very much. Technology is not my strong suit. You should see me at work. So, anyway... So let's recap just a little bit real quick. I have brought us up to me being 14 years old. I have explained to you about the type of household I grew up in. I have explained to you about my mom and my dad and my sister. I kind of introduced them to you a little bit. I've gotten up to the point of being 14 years old and being... Um, by definition, at this point, I'm a full-blown alcoholic, drug addict, liar, cheat, thief, smoking cigarettes. Not really doing a whole lot very well at this point in my life. Don't do very well in school. Very disobedient. And that was my key tonight. With I have a lot of scripture tonight we're going to read. A lot. And what most of the scripture, what it's based on is... Being obedient or disobedient. And because we're getting ready to um, make a transition, by the end of tonight, I'm basically going to be out of my childhood and moving into adulthood, if you will. And so I thought tonight would be a good night to read a bunch of scripture. So basically, I'm going to bring you now from the basic ages of 14 to 16. And really just those two years has a lot that has happened to me as my um, issues progress, as my disease of alcoholism progresses, as my drug use progresses, as me getting in trouble progresses, right? In two years, a lot happens to me. I brought you up to the point where you remember I was 10 years old. I had the health issues with my ears. Um, brought you into that. I see cats coming on. Hey, cat. Um, so anyway. Oh, thank you, cat. Brought my email up. Um, I'm having problems with my email right now. I'm trying to get that straightened up. So if you're sending me emails, don't worry about it. I'll get to you. But send me emails, rcwauctions at yahoo.com. Having a little bit of problems with it, I may change it. If I do, it'll be up on the screen if I change that out. But keep sending me your emails. I appreciate everything that I've been getting. Um, so I am now going into to be a freshman in high school. 14 years old. I'm a freshman in high school. Remember, I've told you about the town I grew up in that... It's a very small town. We only have one high school in the entire town. It's a fairly widespread town for being a mountain town. 
widespread. It took some of the some of the people in high school an hour or more bus ride to get in. But we only had one high school, and as a matter of fact, that town still only has one high school. It's still that way. Remember, I told you about my sister. So my sister is two years older than me. At this point in my life, she hates my guts. And I mean that. She hated me. We were two totally opposite people. And piece of paper out of and uh she just she was not doing the things that I was doing at all. She was doing everything that she could do to get out of that town, go to get to college and have a good career and all that. I was doing everything that I could do just to party and have a good time. That's all I cared about. I never thought about my future. That's one thing I never mentioned. Now, 14 years old, if you grow up in a decent um if you grow up in a decent household, I think by the time you're 14 years old, you're starting to learn some stuff. You're being taught some stuff, right? Your parents are, are trying to uh, get you ready for for your future, you know, for going to college or whatever it is that you may be doing. And that just was not happening for me. As a matter of fact, I think at this point, by the time I was 14 years old, uh, whatever college fun I had, I bet my parents were spending the heck out of that money because at this time they figured this boy, he ain't going to make it. <laughs> you know, he's not going to make it to college. This one ain't going. They knew my sister was going, but uh, I'm pretty sure at this point they said, nah, let's just spend that money on us. Let's just go. Let's go on vacation. <laughs> we don't have to worry about this kid. Uh, I, I, I kid you not. So, you know. I had no plans for my future at all. So I'm getting ready to go into high school. And the only thing I care about at this point is partying. And we're talking about my sister and everything. So two things here. So number one, even though at this point, by definition, I am an alcoholic, drug addict, really, for the most part, we were smoking pot, smoking a lot of pot. And I would drink whenever I could. But at this point, it didn't. If anybody knows anything about alcoholism, it's like it's like it's got its claws stuck in you. And once it has its claws stuck in you, you're in a lot of trouble if you're an alcoholic. And at that point in my life, it it didn't have its claws stuck in me yet. Yet. But I'm working towards that. So so mainly what I'm doing mainly is smoking pot. And of course, I told you, you know, we'd snort some cocaine if we could get it and take pills and maybe some acid. You know, we did all that stuff, but smoking pot's the big thing. Now, my sister, so if I'm a freshman in high school, my sister is a junior. And then when I move into a sophomore, she's a senior. So a couple of things I can tell you for a fact about my sister, about how she felt about me. And this is how it was at home also. So we were the only Wagner family in that town. The only Wagner family, just one Wagner, and it was us. When we went to the same high school together, if we passed each other in the hallway, she would not even look at me. As a matter of fact, I know that she was trying to, to not even acknowledge me. And I know for a fact that if her friends say, hey, isn't that your brother? That she would say, oh, no, that's not my brother. I don't have a brother. And that's the truth. And that's the way I grew up at home, too. At that point in my life, it, that's how it felt, you know. We did not, we, we didn't have anything to do with, with each other at all. 
I had to stay away from her. She stayed away from me. She didn't want nothing to do with my friends. She hated all of us. And that's a fact. So anyway, so that's basically what was happening to me as I was starting high school, as far as my sister is concerned. So I've got a few notes here that I'm just trying to get through, you know, because there's a few things that are going to happen. And then we're going to. I really just wanted to read a bunch of scripture tonight, but it's really important kind of to get through this high school part. And because I don't finish my high school years in that town. That's when we ended up moving to North Carolina, uh, my senior year of high school, which is a good thing. But that may be for another night or I may talk about that a little bit later on. So now my parents at this point are also starting to get to a point, especially through my freshman year in high school. I think they're really starting to get to a point where they're starting to figure out where I am unmanageable. They, you know, no matter what they, they, you know, they would ground me for weeks, for months at a time. They would ground me. Of course, you know that my father would beat me. Um, you know, it was just always, I was always getting in trouble for something, but no matter what they did to me, it did not stop me. I never, I never even for once said to myself, my father's going to beat me. I better not do this. It was the other way around for me. And I think I talked about this a little bit that I, the more I got beat, the more I got grounded, the more I got yelled at, the more I got embarrassed, because my father would embarrass the heck out of me. It's like he lived to embarrass me. He he was a jerk. I mean, he wasn't just, he wasn't just mean as far as violent, but he was a jerk to me. If I left my clothes laying on the bathroom floor, he would throw them outside in the yard. I kid you not. I mean, that, that was his way of fatherhood. Right. He was just a jerk to me. What I mean, you know, so. But so but they got I think they're starting to get to a point where they're starting to figure out we don't know what to do with this kid. You know, we, we just don't know. And I'm, I'm not going to go through all the stuff that I got in trouble for um, a little, little bit of trouble with the law. I got caught with some pot one time. We got caught damaging some cars one time. And, you know, so we did. I did get caught and in trouble with the law a little bit. And, you know, so going through th that type of a phase and they just, it just didn't stop me. It didn't slow me down. I was just going further and further, deeper and deeper into my troubled childhood, you know, because I was running away from everything that I felt. I was running away from myself because I, I hated myself. I really did. I hated me. I hated my family. You know, I wasn't really that happy of a person back then. And uh, so I was doing a lot of running and getting in trouble, excuse me, and then smoking the pot and drinking when I could and just, you know, just being a troubled kid. So, so here's where I'm at then. So because of that, because they couldn't now, there's a couple of things that have happened and because this is so long ago. So now we're talking, you know, 40 years ago, I know the events, but my timeline's a little screwy, but I know they all happened about all the same time. So first let's start with, 
somewhere around this time in my freshman year of high school, my father was also a womanizer. And he was cheating on my mom with his secretary. And he was going to he was going to divorce my mom and go live with the secretary. And let me tell you something, folks. That was the happiest day of my life. And my sister, too, because my sister, I mean, she still won't talk about him. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we were going up to, so my dad had a lot of friends. Now, I'm going to get to that later or later, but he, he, he knew a lot of people. And um, one of the families was the Crowleys, and they lived even further up into the mountains away from, I mean, you couldn't even walk to a store from their house. I mean, there was nothing around where they lived. And uh, really good friends, and we went up there a lot. And um, so we were going up there one day, and my father was telling me, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna divorce your mother, and I'm gonna go move in with Cheryl. Cheryl was his secretary. And I knew all these people, and I knew her. I knew who she was, you know, because I always went to my dad's work, and uh, spent a lot of time there. And he said something to me, and it's the only time he ever said it to me. That only time. And what he said to me was, he said, Rob, you know that I love you, right? And I and I probably said something like, yeah. But I was terrified of that man. He didn't love me. <laughs> I'm probably thinking to myself, are you kidding me? But he actually said those words to me. And I think that's the only time I ever heard those words. And it's because he was telling me that he was getting ready to move out of the house. And I was jumping for joy. And I went home. And I told my sister, I said, have you heard the news? And, and we were really, really happy about that. Well, I'm not exactly too sure what happened. I have an idea. And again, that's for another time, just that part of the story. But I have an idea what made it happen. But he he did not um, he did not divorce my mom, and we were really bummed out about that. I'm sorry, but I mean the truth is true. We really wanted him gone. We were really happy to hear that he was that. That's how bad it was. We that we wanted this divorce to happen. You know, you know most most times you you hear the kids say, "Oh no, don't leave, don't split up. It's our fault." Whatever. Not us, man. We were like, "Get out, goodbye." We hate you. <laughs> Sorry, but that's the truth. So <clears throat> let me tell you something what happened too. And <clears throat> and it it's just part of my story. I don't know what, what relevance this is, but when he told that secretary that he was not going to divorce my mom, <clears throat> she sued him for sexual harassment. Well, they had to go to court in the city. I'm not talking about some country court here. We're talking about big time court now. My dad being sued for sexual harassment from his secretary. Well, my dad represented himself. And what do they say? Uh, a person that represents himself in the in court has a fool for a lawyer, right? Isn't that what they say? My dad represented himself, countersued her, and won. And she had to pay him some type of amount of money every single month. I mean, I don't know how he did it, but he, he actually won. So anyway, so he ended up staying. Now, here are some things that start to happen. So so talking about that, now, I told you, my parents, they just can't handle me anymore. My mom told me later on in my life that they wanted to send me away to military school. 
but they couldn't afford it. I personally, I don't believe that. And I've been thinking about this and I can't quite put my finger on it, but I don't believe that they couldn't afford to send me to military school. I'm not too sure what happened there, but this is just what my mom told me. And I, I don't think there's, I think there's some untruth there. But what they did was they did send me away. And I believe my time frame is right. The summer between my freshman and sophomore year, they sent me up to the Crowleys. So the Crowleys were really good friends of the family. They had four kids. And the son was three years younger than me. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, three days younger than me. Three days. My mom had me in the hospital in a specific bed. She left. Three days later, Mrs. Crowley came in the same hospital bed and had Patrick, right? And so me and him were, were really good friends growing up. Um, Mr. Crowley and my dad were really good friends. We went up there all the time anyway. So Mr. Crowley was just big, big, gigantic of a man who was brought up in poverty in the in Bronx, Bronx, New York. And um, if you know anything about New York City and the Bronx, especially back in those days, right back in the probably what the 40s, um, pretty rough. So Mr. Crowley, he didn't have much of a sense of humor on him at all. So I think what they thought was that they could send me up there for the summer and get me away from where I was and from those people. Mr. Crowley, could keep, he thought he could keep an eye on me and maybe straighten me up somehow. Well, here's where my parents made one fatal, fatal mistake. Mr. Crowley was an operations manager for a lumber company in Yonkers, New York. Back then, now we're talking 1983, 1984, something like that. Back then maybe 83, back then Yonkers, New York was the drug capital of the world. I, I, I'm not making this up. This is the truth. So here I am. I get sent away for the summer. I'm staying with the Crowleys. Every day we go to work in Yonkers, New York, the drug capital of the world. I'm smoking pot every day and I'm not getting in any trouble. Mr. Crowley didn't know any difference. So my parents thought that they were sending me away to straighten me up. And the fact is, I was just doing the same stuff. I was working a job. I was getting paid. I was buying pot. I was smoking pot with the people I worked with, who Mr. Crowley was the boss of. I mean, so it failed. That plan failed. So I stayed there for the summer. I didn't get in any trouble. But I wasn't get I wasn't straightening up any at all. So, you know, I I don't know if I've told my mom that yet or not. I don't know if I ever would tell my mom about that situation. You know, I don't know what they thought about it, how they felt about sending me away like that. So anyway, so I come back and getting ready to go into my sophomore year in high school about two weeks before I'm getting ready to go back to high school, uh, we're at a party one night, we're partying, we're drinking, smoking, whatever, we decide to go for a joyride, remember I'm in the mountains now, a lot of dirt roads, some serious, serious roads, 
So we go for this joyride. It's Butch driving. I'm in the middle of the front seat. Abel's to my right in the passenger seat. Wendy and her sister, I want to say Darlene, are in the back seats. Chevy Malibu, I think. We hit the road. We're going down these dirt roads. And the dirt road you should do about 10 miles an hour on. We're doing about 60. And we're all screaming. We're all yelling. And Butch wouldn't slow down. And he's just going. He's driving crazier and crazier and faster and faster. I closed my eyes. I remember this specifically. This is something I'll never forget. I'll never forget that night. I closed my eyes because I knew we're dead. I knew, obviously, I didn't die. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, I, I just closed my eyes. I said, that's it. We're dead because he's not stopping. He ain't slowing down. We go around this corner. We go off the corner. We actually go up this embankment. We go up into the air. We come back down. We hit head first into this gigantic boulder flip over onto the roof of the car. We slid down the dirt road. I don't know how far we slid. And uh, it was horrific accident. Horrific. So I had been in some car accidents with my father in the past, but nothing of this nature. Nothing. And you're going to learn as my story progresses, this is not going to be my first horrific car accident. But this is the first, though. It's not going to be my last, is what I meant to say. There are many, there are more bad, bad ones. But so this is my first really bad one. So the car, I remember specific. I'll never forget the, I'll never even forget the smell and the noise. I will never forget any of it. So the car stops. So it's dark outside. We're on a dirt road, right? trying to see everything is black i'm looking around all i can smell is gas and we're upside down i crawl out the passenger side window and i don't realize it but i'm crawling over somebody to get out so anyway so here's what happened so so butch didn't really get hurt that much he was the driver able to the right of me i think he got like a chipped tooth or something but nothing real bad to him I broke my leg in three spots, my left leg below my knee. I broke it in three spots. It's a, it was a really bad break. Wendy behind me, she she shattered her elbow and, and messed up her eyeball and a few other things. And Darlene, from her waist down, her two legs were shattered. It was nasty what happened to her. It was really bad. So, so anyway, I mean... So here's my first really bad car accident. It's all because we we're partying, being irresponsible, not being obedient, like we're going to read in the scriptures. Um, and it, it's just the first of, of what many, many, many injuries that are going to come to me. So I, I don't know if I've mentioned it yet or not. And I don't think I have. So I have been broken from my head to my tippy toes with broken bones, dislocations, lacerations. I mean, you, you just wouldn't believe what I've been through. So this is the first. And then as we go throughout my story, I'm going to talk to you about all my injuries. I have a lot. Not as much as some people, but I, I probably have more injuries than 50, 60% of the people. 
most people go without breaking a single bone. So this is my first one. So anyway, so of course we get into a lot of trouble for this now. Like I said, we're only going to sophomore year in high school. We're getting into a lot of trouble. Again, this is where alcohol and drugs really starts to take a place in my life. It really starts to affect me. I was already being affected, right? You know, but now we've ramped it up to a whole nother level, ramped it up to a whole nother level. And, um, comments. I don't know if any of you guys been commenting or not, but thank you all for being here tonight. So anyway, so we've ramped it up to a whole nother level with that accident. We get into a lot of trouble. We get through that, but I've got a really, I've got a cast on and I'm on crutches. Probably, I don't know. It was like eight months. I was on crutches. It, it was a lot. So I get sent away for the summer. That does not change anything. It ramps up everything. I come back. I'm not back home for a week get into this nasty car accident. Now I'm going into my sophomore year. I'm broken. And believe me, things just ramp up now. So, you know, talked about my parents couldn't handle me. I'm just trying to, I'm just reading my notes. You don't mind real quick, folks. You know how I am. I got to have my scribble. See, you look, there's my notes for tonight. Scribble. <laughs> it's what I do. So, um, so basically, that's 14 years old to 16 years old. Brother Lee saying, when we take ourselves out of Yah's covenant, then we open ourselves up to destruction. And you know, Brother Lee, it's so true because, and and at this point, well, I did take myself out of Yah's covenant because I had a chance. My mom tried to introduce me to religion, even, it doesn't matter if it was Catholic or it doesn't matter what it was. My mom was trying to introduce something to me and it just didn't work. It didn't take. So I did take myself out of Yah's covenant and decided not to believe in Yah and instead decided that I was going to be an atheist for whatever reason. I have no idea. If you were to ask me, if you ask me today, right now, Robert, why were you an atheist? Why did you not believe in Yah? Couldn't tell you. I really have no idea, but that is the truth, brotherly, that when we take ourselves out of that covenant, he's going to land, he's going to lift his hand of protection. He's still going to be there for us. He does not ever leave us, but he is our father and he's going to teach us a lesson that we don't want to be, we don't want to learn that way. So absolutely, brotherly. Brother Lee says, at the time we're told it's too cool thing to do, to do these things of the world, like drinking, party, and drugs. And so, here's something that happened to me. That's another good point. So, a lot of my friends were big mouths. A lot of my friends had mouths on them. You know what I'm saying? I was, I remember I told you, I was really kind of a shy, quiet, withdrawn kind of kid. And so, the the tough guys in town, the biggest drug dealers and the toughest of the toughest in this town actually took me under their wing. I had protection. I never got bullied. That's one thing I didn't go through. I didn't really get bullied because I had protection and I didn't ask for it. 
It's just they liked me for some reason. They knew what I was going through at home. They knew I was getting beat. And maybe they felt sorry for me. And so they took me under their protection. And they're the ones that taught me how to be cool. I can remember one guy, Mike, and he was probably one of the biggest uh, Coke dealers in town. And he would teach me, he would say, Rob, stand like this. Put your arms like this. Look that way. I mean, he would teach me these things. I'm only, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. And so that's that's a fact. And I was learning from the from the older crowd. I always hung out with the older crowd. I always hung out with my friends my age, but I also had those friends also who, who protected me, who liked me, who let me hang out with them. Um, you know, so yeah, we thought it I thought it was cool. I really did. I, I thought that was cool. I didn't want to be a jock. I'd been taken off the baseball team, remember? So, so yeah, I did think that was cool. I thought it was a cool way to live. So, anyway, so moving through all that, um, I think for right now, I think I'm going to stop my story. Basically, that is bringing us through my sophomore year in high school. So, now... I'm on crutches. I got a broken leg. We'd all just been through this horrific car accident. And that's another thing. Let me just bring up one more thing. And then we're going to go to the scriptures. Okay. Because that's where all the good news is. So in this mountain town, we had a lot of people die in car accidents. And we're lucky none of us died in, in the car accident that we were in. But seriously, um, at this point, I mean, by the time I was... 17 years old, um, I probably knew, personally knew about 20 people that died. I mean, one time there was a whole carload of six students in my grade that died in a car accident in that town. It's just one of those things that happens, I think, when you live in a mountain town and there is some partying and some drinking and whatnot, you know, you're, that kind of stuff happens. So I dealt with a lot of death of people my age. I really did. It was just kind of something that you get numb to. I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but but seriously. Um, so anyway, so that brings me through my sophomore year into high school. And I can bring me, and I may go into my junior year because really there's not a whole lot else that's different in my junior year. But you know what? I want to read some scripture. And some of it I'm just going to read because it's good scripture, and some of it I may stop and talk about if I think of something good to say, you know, but a lot of this has to do with just being obedient, and some of it I found, um, you know, I was going to read like one verse or something, and I found, I, I figured, well, let's just read all 13 of it, you know, so anyway, so uh, cat saying happens a lot where you live to, yeah, it, it really is sad if you talk about people dying and you know, that's not the way people should be dying, is it? But it happens, and I know a lot of you out there can relate probably to that. Um, it's just another, it was just another thing that I'd lived through was death. You know, I hate to say it that way, but that is, that that's the truth. So, you know what? Let's go to scripture. Because as I say, that's where the good news is. <clears throat> So let's go to Deuteronomy 4.30. 
when you are in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days, if you turn to Yahweh Eloheka and shall be obedient unto his voice, and what he was talking about was forbidden adultery. That's what he was talking about uh, right there in Deuteronomy. And I like that first because, you know, I was an atheist. And even if I didn't call my myself an atheist at that time in my age, still, I, I wanted, you know, I cared about pot and beer, girls, right, partying. That's what I cared about. That's what I, um, that, that, that's what I was idolizing. So right there, it's telling me, you know, don't do that. I shall be obedient to his voice, but I wasn't. Deuteronomy 8, 19. <clears throat> and it shall be, if you do at all forget Yahweh Eloheka and walk after other Elohim and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which Yahweh destroys before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of Yahweh Eloheka. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'd like that one too, because again, it reminded me. Uh, pardon me. Broke out a little dry. It just reminds me again. And it's a reminder to all of us what happens. What happens if we walk away, if we forget Yahweh Eloheka and we walk after other Elohim? And I was doing that with everything. And I didn't care nothing about nothing to do with Yah. Yahweh was not on my mind, didn't care. And it shows as I'm talking about my life, it's obvious that I didn't have Yah in my life. It's, it's obvious that Hasatan was leading my way. And I was right on his heels, right? I had no problems with it. I didn't care. Whatever. Let's go. <laughs> right? Crazy. How about 2 Samuel 22, verse 45? Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall obedient unto me. Okay? I like it. How about uh, Proverbs 25, 12? As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. Makes sense. Isaiah 1, 19. <clears throat> if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Now that's good news, isn't it? But we have to be willing and we have to be obedient to the commandments, to what Yah wants us to do. Therefore, because if I'm not willing and I'm not being obedient, I am not going to eat the good of the land. It, Yah's not going to let me. <clears throat> How about Isaiah 42, verse 24? Who gave Yaakov for spoil and Yasharel to the robbers? Did not Yahweh, he against whom we have sinned? For they would not walk in his ways, 
neither were they obedient unto his Torah. There you go. How about Acts 6, verse 7? And the word of Elohim increased, and the number of the Talmudim multiplied in Yerushalayim greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So now here's a, a promise. Here's what's happening. <clears throat> the Talmudim, are, they're, they're multiplying in Yerushalayim greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So that, that is kind of telling us the good news about what happens <clears throat> when we are obedient to the faith. Well, I was never taught that, but we need to teach our kids that. We need to teach our kids. Now, this is what this is all about. Remember, remember, we're still in my childhood, and that these scriptures are about how we need to be teaching our kids how to walk in the faith, how to be obedient, not just to mom and dad, but to Yah. And if we can we can explain to them how being obedient to you, to you, mom and dad, and to Yah, if we can explain to them in a way that they can understand how fruitful their life will become as they get older, maybe we wouldn't have so much trouble in this land today. Got these kids running out here, they're 10, 11, 12, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and they're running out in the middle of the streets, beating up an elderly man with a with an orange uh, traffic cone. You all read about that story here in the United States? Crazy. They kill, I think they killed the guy with a traffic cone. Yeah. Just because. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-olds. What are they doing out at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning? It's because their parenting teaching them nothing. They're just letting them run wild. I know. My, now I had a curfew. I had to stick to my curfew, but it didn't matter. While I was out, I was doing things that were bad. I wasn't killing somebody, though. But that's what's happening in our world these days. We got to teach our kids in the way of God. From the day they're born, before they're out of the womb, we need to be reading them the scriptures. And maybe the world won't be such a bad place. You know, it is. It is. Brother Lee says, amen, brother. It takes that takes that work, that obedience, and uh, you guys, you guys are doing the work, you guys are, are doing that, and I'm so grateful that you are, it's so heartbreaking to hear what the youth is like today, it really is heartbreaking, it is, it's heartbreaking, and Hasatan does have control over them, and it's because the parents are letting it happen, they're not fighting for their children, they don't want to be parents, they're just letting them do whatever they want to do, it's, it's disgusting, I'm telling you, all right, I don't want to get I don't want to get all aggravated about it. So anyway, Ephesians uh, six, verse five and six. Servants, be obedient to them that are your Adonim according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Mashiach, not with eye service as men pleasers. But as the servants, as Mashiach, doing the will of Elohim from the heart. So, really, what it's saying is, yeah, I go to work every day. I have a boss, <clears throat> and yes, 
I'm going to be respectful of my boss and he's going to tell me what to do throughout the day and I'm going to do it unless he tells me to do something that that's bad then I'm not going to not with eye service right as men pleasers I'm not going to be a man pleaser I'm a yah pleaser today but if my boss says hey <clears throat> this is your task for today and it's my job well that's okay that's okay. He's not an Elohim. I'm not putting him up on a pedestal. Don't put a man or a woman on a pedestal. We can't do that, folks. That's what this is telling us. Only Yah. Only Yah. Okay? So, what was this one? This one was uh, Philippians. So, this one, I was going to read one verse out of Philippians, but I started reading this. It is really good. So, I'm reading Philippians 2, verses 1, 1 through 11. <clears throat> Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read the whole thing. I, I really caught my eye on this one. I really like this one a lot. <clears throat> if there be, therefore, any consolation in Mashiach, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Ruach, if any affection and mercy... Fulfill my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. <clears throat> Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let's take care of each other. This is, right? Let's help each other. Let's take care of each other. Matter of fact, I was on the phone today, and I told a guy, I said, man, if I need to go up, I had to drive like an hour. I said, you don't have to do it. I'll go do it for you. He said, what do you mean? I said, I'll do it for you. I'll help you. He said, nobody's ever said that to me before. I said, what are you talking about? He said, nobody wants to help me. I said, I'll help you. <clears throat> he said, man, you don't know how much I appreciate that. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back. I was just doing my job. That's it. We gotta help each other. We're, we'll be a much happier world if we could just look after each other's things. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Mashiach. Yahusha, that's the way Yahusha was, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> that's why he came. Excuse me. <clears throat> ah, pardon me. Uh, read nods. Who, being in the form of Elohim, thought it not robbery to be equal with Elohim, but made himself of no reputation, <clears throat> and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Talk about Yahushua. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, Elohim also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Yahusha every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Got that? That at the name of Yahusha every knee should bow. Every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. 
If that doesn't say it all, uh, you're not reading it the way I am. And that every tongue should confess that Yahweh is Yahusha HaMashiach to the glory of Elohim the Father. Wow. Wow, folks. Let me read it again. And that every tongue should confess that Yahweh is Yahusha HaMashiach to the glory of Elohim the Father. Philippians 2, verse 11. Boy, that's, that says a lot right there, folks. Love that. That's why I had to read all of that. All right, next we are at, where, where was I at next? Was this Titus? It was Titus. I don't read a lot out of Titus, but Titus, and again, I was going to read one verse, but I, I ended up, I'm at Titus 2, verse 1, all the way, all the way through 15. Titus 2, 1 through 15. This is another really good one that speaks to me. <clears throat> but speak the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. <clears throat> well, I wasn't an aged man. I was a young kid, and I wasn't sober or grave or temperate or sound in faith, or in love. So that's why that spoke to me. Because also, as I became a man, I wasn't those things. So I was the total opposite of that. And it didn't get me anywhere, okay? The aged woman, likewise, that they be in behavior as is becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Not talking about what... I'm just going to leave it as it is. Take it as it reads in the scripture. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their men, to love their children. Again, this is what we're teaching our children how to be. Using the scripture. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good obedient to their own men. That the word of Elohim be not blasphemed. Young men... Likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. So, you know, saying you teach your kids this way and they're behaving this way, then the people who are contrary to that should be ashamed of themselves and have no evil thing to say about you. And that's the absolute truth. Don't give them anything to say. If we follow the scripture, if we obey the commandments, we as adults, as teachers and children, likewise, if we do that, then nobody can come against us. Nobody can say anything against us. Well, everybody had something to say about me. You know what I found out later on in my life? I found this out later on in my life. I, I, I didn't even think about it. I was the kid that the other parents warned their children about. And the other parents were telling their kids, watch out for that Rob Wagner. Watch out for that guy. 
we don't we don't want you hanging around with him. He is trouble. And they were right. They were right about that. And I didn't find that out until later on in my life that that parents were actually telling their kids to watch out for me. And I'm thinking I had them all fooled, <laughs> but but I didn't. So they did have something to say about me because I was not being raised properly. I was not being obedient. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own adonim and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of Elohim our Savior in all things. For the grace of Elohim that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It appeared to all men. All, all, Jews, Gentiles, everybody had the same opportunity. Most chose not to take advantage of it. For the grace of Elohim that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying wickedness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and holy in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great Elohim and our Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify into himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. <clears throat> that's awesome. That's really, that's some good scripture right there. That's some good stuff. And that's what we need to be reading to ourselves, to other adults, and to the children. I can't say it enough. How about 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 16? Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Yahushua HaMashiach, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. It is written. Love it. God, scriptures. How about Psalms? Uh, you always get something good out of the Psalms. Always got to put something in there. Pardon me. Let me go more sip of water while we're going to finish up. I can't believe it's been over 50 minutes already. I really do hope you guys are enjoying this or getting something out of it. If not, I'm having a great time telling my story, being free of all that, and reading great scriptures. Maybe I'm giving you guys some entertainment a little bit, but I really do hope that we're learning something here and that we can we can put this forth into the world and to our children. I really do. I really do. I can't say it enough. So Psalm 66, verse 1 through 4. Make a joyful noise unto Elohim, all ye lands. 
Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto Elohim, How terrible are you in your works! Through the greatness of your power shall your enemies submit themselves unto you. All the earth shall worship you and shall sing unto you. They shall sing to your name. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that, Kat and Lee. You guys are great. <clears throat> ah, Pamela, I didn't see you up there, Water or Wool. Good to see you guys. Sorry. Not trying to... Uh, yeah, and Warrior Wool says, in America, dogs go to obedience training and kids run wild. But don't we have that backwards, right? Isn't that the really good point, Warrior Wool? Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, Pamela, good, so good to see you. So, yeah, that is the truth. Kids are running wild. Right, let me get back to my screen here. So how about some Hebrews? This was another one. I was going to read one one verse, and then I saw read this whole thing. I was like, I got to read it all. So Hebrews 13, verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to 15. So Hebrews 13, verses 1 through 15. Laura Lee, shalom. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you are doing wonderful tonight. Hebrews 13, 1 through 15. <clears throat> Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. I've read this scripture before. I love that scripture. In other words, well, we we one of the reasons why we want to behave ourselves because we just don't ever know. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers Elohim will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For Yahweh has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, today in my life, that's a very important scriptures to know because even though I was an atheist and I didn't really care about Yah whatsoever now that I am walking in this walk that I am a believer through you know, reading the scriptures really trying to get into all this the fact that I know that he will never leave me or forsake me also means that he never left me. He never forsake me. He always loved me. He always had a plan for me, but he just knew that I was going to have to do things the hard way. And that's okay. I'm good with all that, but it's comfort comforting for me to understand that all the times that I condemned him and all the times that I cussed him out and said the nasty things to Yah, when I did all that stuff, he did not forsake me. He did not leave me. And now I'm able to continuously ask for forgiveness for behaving the way that I used to behave. And 
And I believe 100% that he is so happy to see what I'm doing today for him. Not for me. For him. So, it's a really important scripture. That's Hebrews 13, verse 5. So, let's move on. Hebrews 13, verse 6, going through. So that we may boldly say, Yah is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I fear no man, and I don't. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of Elohim, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Yahushua HaMashiach, the same yesterday and today and forever. Let's repeat that, folks. Yahushua HaMashiach, the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. Forever. Always the living word of the scripture. Always living word. We have to remember that. Anybody wants to argue anything differently? Bring them to that. Because there it is. Plain and simple in the scripture. Let's continue on. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Not with foods which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Yahusha also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. You catch that one? For we have for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to Elohim continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Thank you, Yah. Thank you for allowing me to be who I am today. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. I take none for myself. Thank you, Yah. Thank you. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, Elohim is well pleased. The praises, he is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Beautiful. Beautiful. Lordly, yeah. Yeah, I cussed them a whole lot. <laughs> Boy, I, I gave I didn't just give my parents a hard time. I gave I gave Yahweh a hard time. And I thank them every day for not striking me down and not allowing me to still be here. 
So anyway, so I'm just reading some comments real quick just to see if we need to talk about anything. All right, yeah, I love all the angel stories too. I've got a few myself. All the angel stories you guys are talking about is awesome. Is awesome. They're they're there. They're all around us. They're all around us. They're protecting us. A few times I flipped them off. Yeah, you and me both, Laura Lee. More than a few times. Trust me. More than a few times. I'm gonna get let me tell you a quick story. Quick story. I know, I know we're at an hour. Hang with me for just another five more minutes or so. A quick story. When I got sober, I was 36 and a half years old, and I said that GD word all the time. And I meant it to damn him. I, I meant it that way. And I was every other word out of my breath. When y'all saved me, and you're going to hear about this story, <clears throat> when I was saved, when I was delivered from evil and started walking in the good, you're going to hear about this story. It's an amazing story. You want to talk about angels? And this story is unbelievable. Immediately, that word was taken out of my language. Immediately, I stopped damning him. It's been over 17 years, and it was just removed out of my language. That GD word, it literally, wait out. You're not saying that anymore, y'all said. Y'all said, you're done with this. Goodbye. I kid you not. Amazing. Amazing what he saved me from. All right, what else are we reading? Where am I at? I am at the, uh, I'm not even too sure which one. Oh, this is James. James 4, verses 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to Elohim. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And without a doubt, Hasatan, he, bring it on, bring it on. Yeah, I kicked the crap out of Hasatan today. Let me tell you something. You know why? I got Yah and the angels of the, the army of angels are on my side. Who can be against me? Who can be against us when we have that on our side? Bring it on. Bring it on, Mr. Devil. We'll see what you got. You got nothing. That's what I say. <laughs> and I got my last verse. I laugh at myself sometimes. We're at 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Likewise, ye younger Submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For Elohim resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So I make sure, and I know I, you know, I I, I tell a lot of stories, use, use that karate on them, I will. Why do you think I'm training, Kat? Or, or uh, Lee? I will, I will uh, karate chop his butt. I'm training for a tournament right now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to a tournament in October. And uh, it'll be my first martial arts tournament. We'll see how I do. <clears throat> but uh, but, I, but I'll, I will I'll karate kick him. So anyway, so Elohim resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I want to make sure you guys understand something. You know, I, I talk a lot about stuff I do or how I speak or how I act. And I want you guys to understand something. When I talk about if I do a good deed and, and I say it, yeah, you know, again, I'm just using myself as an example as to how we should be. I I am not praising myself. I I I am not that way. All right, I am I am a sinner 
trying to live a better life. That's that's all that I am, folks. I am just a sinner trying to trying to be righteous, really. I mean, you know, I've just done so much in my life. I got a lot to make up for. So I try to do a lot of good. I try to be happy. So I want you to, I'm trying not to be proud. My puppy dog is waiting for me. I try not to be proud. You see her, you see the dog waiting for me. So it's getting dark out here. I got to go put the chickens up and she's telling me it's time to put the chickens up. That's what she's doing right now. She's a, she's a, she's a herder. And she's telling me, come on, Pops, we got to go put the chickens up. <laughs> she's still looking at me now. Uh, she She's ready to go outside. Say her. <laughs> anyway. <coughs> uh, sh- <laughs> I'll be there in a minute, puppy. So we're almost done for tonight, folks. So anyway, I mean, seriously. So he says, resist the proud and gives grace to the humble. And I do try to be humble. I really do. But this series has me telling a bunch of stories and stuff. So anyway, I don't want to come across as somebody who's full of himself or anything. I just don't want, you, I don't want you guys to think I'm that way. Cause I'm not, but thank you. I appreciate you guys. Anyway. So it's been a great night. Again, I come, I come to you, you know, just really hoping that this is going to help somebody that we can give somebody hope through all of this and that we can learn together through the scriptures and that we can teach our children to stop running around in 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 the in the uh, in the streets and get the yah. And I don't care how they do it. I don't care what Bible they read. To start, we got to start someplace. We got to get these people started somewhere. But anyway, so next week, and I didn't get to my junior year in high school, so I'll start off with that next week and. So next week, we start off with another big chapter in my life, a whole new chapter, because where I had been living for 17 years in New Jersey, I am now going to leave. The only house that I knew, we are now packing up, we are leaving and going to North Carolina. And so it's a whole, a whole new chapter in my life and a whole new series of trouble for me to tell you about. So I thank you guys for being here with me tonight. Please come and and watch all the shows that are going on underneath Heart of the Tribe. I'm not going to name them all, but I think you guys understand all that's going on now. All these beautiful, beautiful people that we have doing shows. Come and watch everybody. Come and support each other. John, thank you so much for joining tonight. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Everybody, we need to pray for Mr. Turner. Pray for John. John's having some struggles. So I'll tell you what, before I leave you tonight, I'm going to pray tonight. So let's pray for everybody that's having struggles. So Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight. First of all, Lord, I thank you for putting all these words and all these scriptures in my mouth and for allowing me to be a vessel to serve you and to 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 preach the scriptures lord i thank you so much i never thought that that i would be allowed to do this yah we we thank you and we humble ourselves before you and we thank you i want to pray i want to pray for john and i want to pray for all of us all of us 
Yah come into our lives, send the angels all around us, give us peace, give us shalom, and allow us to go out into this world with our head held high to preach the scriptures to the world. Yah, we ask you to please just give us Whatever it is, however you want us to act, however you want us to speak, please just put that into our Ruach and allow us to do it the way you would have us. We pray all this in Yahushua's name. Amen. Folks, thank you so much. Again, send me an email. I'll, I'll get my email fixed up. If you have any stories or questions or scriptures, anything you want to say to me, send me an email. And if nobody's told you yet today, I love you guys. I care for you. It's time for me to go put the chickens to bed and get this dog. Stop barking at me. <laughs> you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. And I look forward to seeing you again. And, oh, I always forget how to do this.